Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Slice Up Your Life. I am your host, Rachel Bedell, and I cannot believe that we are in September. This absolutely blows my mind. I still remember going back to Dallas the beginning of March, thinking I was going for two weeks, and I just got back a month ago, and we're already back into fall. I have no idea where summer went, but you know, that just goes into 2020. This has been an odd year, and we're just right in the wave and doing the best we can. But I was able to have a conversation with Xavier Scruggs. This is actually my brother-in-law, Mike's really good friend. Met him at my sister's wedding last year, and we became friends on social media and have just stayed connected um, through Instagram stories and all that random goodness. But he is a husband and a father um, and an athlete, and he started this company called Extraordinary Athletes. And we really just talk a lot about setting foundations um, with our faith and with our family and just constantly wanting to be learning. And I don't know, we just, we cross over a lot of topics, but I think it's just a really good open conversation about our lives and trying to live them to the best of our capability as um, sons and daughters of Christ. So I don't know, I thought it was really good conversation and it was really good to actually talk to him in a full-blown conversation. Um, but I hope y'all enjoyed this conversation with X. No, out of my small pool of followers, the only person that would probably know you from like my friends um, would be my mom. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to just give people a quick like elevator pitch of yourself and who you are and then we can yeah. kind of just dive in. Definitely, I can do that. Yeah, so um, I'm Xavier Scruggs. Um, I grew up in San Diego with your brother-in-law, Michael Vera. Um, but yeah, I grew up playing baseball, basketball, and football. Um, ended up narrowing it down to baseball because I knew that was going to be the best opportunity for me to receive a college education via scholarship. Um, so continued playing baseball to um, in college at UNLV Las Vegas. Um, ended up, I actually got drafted out of high school to the Seattle Mariners, um, but I turned that down to go to college. Um, college was always like a big thing stressed by my parents. Like, hey, you need a college education uh, in case you get hurt, you know, never know what happens. So that was something that was big for me. Went to college, went to UNLV, um, got drafted after my third year um, to the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals in the minor leagues for seven years, um, just grinding, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, <laughs> um, long bus rides, um, but eventually made it to the major leagues in 2014. Uh, was with the, the major league team, uh, 14, 2015, and then 2016, I played with the Miami Marlins. Um, eventually ended up getting married here in Miami. Um, after that season and then went on to play in Korea for a couple of seasons, uh, which was an amazing experience, even had my first son over there. Um, so now I have two sons, but had the first one over there, played in Mexico. Um, I've just, I've played all over. I played in Dominican, played in Colombia. Um, so it's been, it's been a long road for baseball with, <clears throat> for me. Um, now I'm kind of in that transition stage as to, okay, what's next? Um, I'm really big into communications, media, uh, um, broadcasting. So would love to uh, get into that field um, some way, some shape uh, with ESPN. Hopefully I've been doing some feature broadcasts with them uh, for the Korean Baseball League over uh, that they're broadcasting here. Uh, so just excited to see kind of what's next. Um, also started Extraordinary Athletes, which is um, – a business, but it's an environment most and first and foremost for athletes to come together via virtually via actual facility here in Tampa later on this year um, and just learn the, the life skills um, that athletes need to need to learn. A lot of times we're expected to to know, OK, you know how to be a leader or, or how to uh, set goals for yourself or how to have self-discipline. But a lot of times those things aren't broken down to us. And I feel like that's important, especially with the influence and impact that athletes have on today's society and today's world. So um, as far as my long ele elevator pitch, that was uh, that that's me in a nutshell. Oh, love it. Love it. Well, um, this is kind of a side note, but have you heard of or watched 
the HBO documentary episode, Weight of Gold? No, I have not. I have not seen that. So it's more of like the mental health of athletes and it goes into the mental health of Olympic athletes. And so Michael Phelps is kind of the narrator of it. Not kind of, he is the narrator of it, but it's just a one hour episode. And Aaron and I like were voice messaging each other for like an hour afterwards after we watched it because it, I highly recommend it. It's, it's heavy and it's hard, but it just is a really good insight of like what athletes are giving. And especially at that caliber of Olympic athletes and everything that they put into the sport and how much they alienate themselves from everything else. And then you kind of have this moment at the Olympics, whether you fail or succeed, it's kind of like, well, now what? And it, it was, I highly recommend it. Like I said, it was, it's not an easy watch, especially as an athlete, because you um, will definitely, I feel like resonate with a lot of the things that they talk about, but um, it's a really, really good watch. So weight of gold. Weight of gold. Only an hour of your life. (laughs) Okay. I'm on it for sure. Um, But, okay, well, yeah, so you have your little family. How has COVID (laughs) been during this just with, like, quarantining at home? I know your two little boys, they're – because I don't know how old your oldest is, but I don't think he's old enough to even be in, like, pre-K yet. So you're used to them being at home all the time. But how has this been just kind of – Yeah. During it all – no, it's been tough because, you know, I got two boys and they they honestly just have that energy to where they need to be outside, like running around, um, at least going to the park, um, at least going to the local um, whatever grassy area, whatever it may be. Um, they definitely need to be just out and about. So it's been tough, um, you know, and that's actually one of the reasons why um, – why we're we're actually moving to a, another location here in Tampa just for a little bit more space, um, and to be able to have um, have area for them to run around and do stuff because we've realized like how important it is for them. Yeah. Um, and and during this COVID time, it's been it's been crazy too because actually my wife she actually got COVID. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> and yeah, so thank God I didn't. Um, but everything was okay with her. She had a few symptoms um, in the very beginning stages as far as the flu, flu-like symptoms, but um, everything was okay with that. And um, it's just been, it's been weird because we know it can seriously affect you and you don't want to be around the people that, um, you know, are susceptible to a lot of those symptoms and affecting them even more. So, um, you know, we've tried to really take it, take it seriously, but at the same time, we're trying to live our lives um, you know, we're, we're outgoing people. Um, we can't be stuck in the house, but thank God, um, everything has kind of been all right. Um, my parents, they live a few hours north of here, so they've been able to come down. Um, Jessica's parents live a few hours south, so we've seen them as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's been okay. It's obviously not the normal situation that we would want, but, um, you know, everybody has to deal with it. So, yeah, definitely. How did you and Jessica meet? Yeah, we met um, when I was in single A playing in the minor leagues uh, for the Cardinals in West Palm Beach. Jessica, she's originally from West Palm Beach, um, but she went to, she went to USF here, the college here in Tampa. Um, she was back home visiting her family in West Palm, came to a baseball game where I was playing. I noticed that there's usually never anybody in the seats, at least <laughs> for our games, and I was like, whoa what is going on there's a beautiful girl sitting up there um and i noticed after the game i was kind of thinking about her and then i I checked my facebook and she had actually friend requested me so i was like oh that's the girl from the game i have to talk to her so you know by the grace of facebook and and kind of social media what we have uh we were able to message a little bit and i actually didn't meet her until um, three weeks after that. So we FaceTimed and, and talked and really like developed a little relationship before we even met. Um, so that's kind of how we, uh, we, we came together. Which is kind of like what people are doing now with like COVID dating. Like you, <laughs> yeah. you have to do a lot of just online conversations before you can actually meet up with the person, depending on where they live and where you're at. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I definitely wouldn't be talking to anybody from South Florida right now. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Avoid that area as much as possible. <laughs> um, yeah, so I know this is kind of just a jumping out of into a different topic, but I know that you're really strong in your faith and that's kind of how obviously we met at Mike and Aaron's wedding, but how you and I have stayed connected just through social media of like different faith topics or things like that, that we've both posted about and talked about. Um, what has your faith journey been like? And has that something that has been something rooted in you and your family from the beginning? Or was it something that you kind of discovered and started walking with a little bit later on in your life? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that, that's a great question for me. It was something that was definitely rooted. Um, my, my parents were both churchgoers. Um, it was something that was, uh, definitely we, I grew up in a church home. Um, you know, we went to church every Sunday, um, did the, the Bible studies. Um, but my faith didn't really grow until I probably got, um, in college. Um, I went to school, I told you in Vegas and just, you know, there's so many distractions in Vegas. I don't even know what need to get into detail, but there's just so much. And I found myself trying to be someone that I wasn't, um, specifically found myself trying to, you know, set, I was telling people I was a major leader going to bars, uh, clubs, like, and I got in trouble one day because I was underaged and somebody had actually called my UNLV baseball coach and was like, Hey, Xavier's been, uh, you have an underage player, Xavier Scruggs, going out to local bars and clubs. And is this the kind of representative you want on your team? I think he should be kicked off the team. Um, so that message was actually played to me by my head coach. And he and played it also in front of the whole team. And he told me, I want, I want to use it as an example as to um, what can happen when you don't have your priorities straight. Um, and so for me, that was a wake up call. And it was like, hey, you can't tell people you're a follower of Christ or or that you are, are walking in faith when you're doing things of the opposite. And how can you call yourself a leader of, of a team when you're doing things that you wouldn't want those teammates to do? Um, so it really made me check myself in the mirror, look myself in the mirror and say, hey, what what do you want out of, out of life? What do you want out of this? This could be baseball could have been taken away just at that instance. Um, so for me, luckily, the coach uh, allowed me to continue on with the season. But I realized for myself, it was deeper. It was like, hey, you you have some questions to ask yourself. And, and that's when I try to dive into the chaplain that I had there at UNLV and really learn more about who Jesus was and, and why he saved me um, and why I have eternal life through him. Um, so those were the things that I started to be able to evaluate a little more and more, and it, it needed a wake-up call, honestly. So that's when my faith really started to grow, and and even through baseball and, and through the minor leagues and even the major leagues, Korea, whatever, um, it hasn't been an easy journey at all because, you know, as an athlete, um, you know, there's there's so many distractions that we have, and a lot of times the, the sport is put at the pedestal over everything else. Um, so it's been a battle for me to continue to um, keep God first, um, especially with me having a family now. That's that has to be the foundation. Um, so it's a continual work of uh, uh, every day for me to remind myself that to put on the armor every morning, um, you know, to make sure I'm in prayer, to make sure I'm uh, a part of discipleship, um, you know, and, and doing these things that are that are going to make sure that my mind first and foremost is focused on him because, you know, if that's not the priority, then I'm not living the life that I, that I want to ultimately. Mm -hmm. How has it been for you guys during like quarantine time? I know my church went online as I know a lot of other churches have done. We actually just started opening a couple weeks ago. So I was able to go to service like last week and it was, I literally was elated and on cloud nine being able to like be able to worship with people. But how has it been for you guys just with, you know, maybe not be able to go to services or maybe that time looking a little bit differently. Yeah, that's, that's tough. And I think, um, I think, thank God for, we have some, um, Bible studies that obviously had to be done over zoom, um, you know, as a, as a family trying to get into the word more together, um, using prayer. But like when you don't have that church community, it, when you go to one place, it is tough. 
um, especially talking about, you know, being able to praise and worship, um, you know, you, you have to find other ways to do that. So it's definitely hasn't been the easiest, easiest thing. Um, thank God our church has, has opened back up and, and we can be able to do that. But, um, you know, that's something that we've, we've been having to navigate and we're finding creative ways to do that. Um, you know, trying to make sure that we're watching, um, you know, it, our church online, but not only our church, you know, be able to watch other sermons, be able to watch other praise and worship, um, you know, via YouTube, whatever it may be. I think those things are, um, you know, crucial. And I think it's good because it makes a Christian become more creative too. It's not, you know, you don't just have to go to church to, to get what you need, you know? Yeah. You can't be dependent on the Sundays or potential Wednesdays that you have. You kind of have to take it upon yourself to go and like seek, not just seek community, but like seek your time with God in in itself. Exactly. Exactly. And I I think that's what we kind of have been able to figure out and and keep, you know, building upon that. But I I think it's, you know, it's ultimately a test of our own faith too, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to keep those things up. Totally. What has being a father, like now you're kind of, you know, there's a lot of comparisons and I know I've had my own realization this year of kind of my perception of fathers and like my dad and then with the biblical father how has being a father or what has being a father taught you about god itself man it, it, that's a that's a really good question too is because it's it's given me a whole new outlook on john 316 um you know that that god gave his own son like i could never now having my own children i could never even fathom having to sacrifice my own son for anything. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of a, li- a little bit what I talked about before is like making sure that I'm the foundation for my whole family. It's not just about me now, you know, it, it used to be about me first and then it was about me and my wife. And now it's about me and two other kids and a wife. So it's like, okay, you can't be selfish at all. Um, you know, you have to live your life for, for God first and foremost and for your family. Um, so it's it's definitely made me look myself in the mirror, made me look at my habits, um, some of my wrongdoings, some of my weaknesses, and, and really try to turn those um, into strengths. Um, and mostly because I want to be an example for my sons. And if I, I, I kind of have had this conversation with multiple mentors and multiple, you know, father figures is that like, if I don't start doing it now, it's going to be hard for me when it's a a different age, maybe later on down the road to start doing those things. So Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that those are the things that that I'm doing. Like when I'm reading to my son, make sure I'm reading the Bible, make sure I'm reading books that he learns about Jesus. Uh, Maybe he doesn't completely understand right now, but at least he starts learning that that's important. Um, you know, and that I care about those things and I care that he learns about those things. So I want to be able to just set that foundation as early as possible. Yeah, definitely. Going off, cause again, to your, your sons are pretty young. How has this time, you know, there's been a lot going on in the past couple months specifically, um, just in our society with the black lives matter movement and just civil rights. And how has that time been raising two mixed boys and i know a lot of conversation is around um black men in this society and kind of people's perception of that um obviously it's something that you have dealt with i'm sure your entire life but now that you're also having to think about that for your kids as well yeah yeah it's it's under it's under a different microscope now for sure um you know and it's it's something that i've tried to spend a lot of time especially these past few months kind of thinking over and um, I guess, I guess my biggest thing is, you know, I want to be able to show them Jesus's love first, because I think that that for first and foremost is the most important thing um, when it comes to our society. Um, and I want to be able to teach them that, you know, other people are going to have their opinions. You're not going to have the same opinions as everybody else. Your opinions aren't always going to be right. Um, you know, someone else's opinions aren't always going to be right, but it's okay to have an opinion and it's okay to talk to other people about certain things without, you know, it's okay to have an argument and still be friends. You know, I think that that's something that, that needs to be said, especially in our society today. It's like, everybody's so white or black or whatever it may be. 
um, and not leaving room for the gray area. I'm not necessarily talking about skin color, but I'm talking about like mm-hmm. on two different sides yeah. that, you know, it's okay to sometimes be in the middle and be okay with certain things and, and okay with certain things on the other side. I think that we're so quick to say, okay, no, I'm against what you believe. This is the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we kind of get caught up in that a lot of times. And I think it's, and social media has, you know, blown that out of proportion. I think, um, everybody feels like they have to pick a certain side. And, and for me, I think it's, it's kind of just more about learning. Yeah. Like, let me learn a little bit about my own culture. Let me learn a little bit more about other people's culture before I even make a decision about, you know, before I even blurt an opinion, you know? So for me, I think it's, it's more about trying to learn. And I want to emphasize that to, to my kids as they kind of grow up too, is like, you know, be open to learning about other things and then make a decision. Um, yeah. so I think that that's something that I'm, I'm going to have to try to emphasize. Cause even for me, it's like, like it's, it's easy for me to say, okay, I'm, I'm a part of this black lives matter movement or, you know, just because of my skin color. But at the same time, I need to learn more about, okay, what does this movement actually mean? What is it? What does it mean for me in the future? What does it mean for my kids? Like how how did how are we benefiting from this how is it hurting us mm. um so and i think as a as a black man too is like one thing is like i don't want people to look at me or my sons um pe- men of color and say okay you know what he deserves this just because of his skin color yeah. i want them to earn whatever it is that they earn because they've been the right person for the job or they fit that environment or they fit that opportunity um so at the same time like i don't want anything just given to my son because of a certain skin color mm-hmm. and i wouldn't want that for anybody yeah so you know i i, I definitely toggle with multiple different opinions on certain things and i think for me and my sons, it'll be just important to keep learning as much as possible. Yeah, definitely. I think that's like, you hit on such a good thing. If I, one of my friends posted something the other day that was to that point of like, I believe in these things, we're just not doing it right. She was like, you know, like politics or, you know, our system or things like that. She was like, I believe in law enforcement, but I disagree with some of the things. And it's like, we don't have to be full throttle in one direction. And it's funny that right. you made the clarification. You're like, it's not black and white. And then I always say that. And I'm like, I don't mean skin color. I mean like color <laughs> opposites. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> because it's that thing of like, I think the biggest thing that I'm learning is it's like, we all have work to do. Like some people might have more work to do than others, but like we all have work to do. And like the biggest thing is like, we can learn from each other. And this goes across like every platform of any discussion or every situation exactly. that could be going on. And I think... The biggest thing is also for me that like, I'm just, like you said, I'm trying to absorb and learn as much as possible, but also have conversations just because, you know, I, I do feel like I have a good surrounding of people that I can talk to. And that would give me grace if I say something and they would call me out too. Like, I think we need to have a little bit more grace for people in general, just to be like, okay, I don't know, like help me understand, or maybe this is something that I thought beforehand or so on and so forth. But it's like, we don't know it all. And I feel like we expect a lot of people to know everything um, rather exactly. than just allowing us to learn publicly and not be ashamed or whatever for that at the same time. Right, right, exactly. And everybody grows up in a different environment. Like, so everybody, you know, experiences different things. There's no way somebody's going to know the exact feelings or the exact emotions that you feel um, you know, because they've had a different experience. They've had different um, environment that they grew up in as well. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I can't expect somebody to know something. Uh, I hope that somebody wouldn't expect me to just know something too. So I think that that's why there's always ability to learn, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, okay. I want to jump to extraordinary athletes. Where did this baby get birthed? Like, how did you come up with this idea? <laughs> and um, I know like I was looking at your website and stuff and it just is like the a tagline of a sorts is max, maximize potential outside of your sport. Cause I know, like you said, when you're kind of giving your elevator pitch, like there's so much thrown into the athleticism of the sport and the like tactics of how to do your sport. But unless you have an amazing coach, you don't necessarily get that whole mentorship. Um, so just, yeah, I want to hear about like how, 
how this came yeah. about, where you came up with the idea. Um, I guess we could start yeah. there. Yeah, for, for me, it was kind of like, it, it was birthed early, like when I was young, like I, it just didn't have a name. When I was about, I want to say maybe 13, 14, my parents, especially my mom, she'd always like point out the TV and be like, hey, you see this athlete on TV? Like he speaks really well. He gives back to the community. Um, you know, he has a business. He has, he's doing multiple other things besides his actual sport. So like for me early on, I started recognizing athletes that did those things. And I was asking myself, okay, how did they did the, how did they do those things? One of the first things was their focus wasn't just on their sport. They liked other things or they discovered other things that they liked. They figured out other things. Um, and that was like, that was like what I wanted. I was like, I don't want to just be considered a jock or especially not a dumb jock. So I want to be able to figure out how to do other things. Um, so I think that was important um, for me, especially in the development of extraordinary athletes, because that was like the focus is like, I want athletes to be able to know that they can have influence and impact outside of their sport. Like they can literally do whatever they want. If I can dream about being a major league baseball player and then be a major league baseball player with the chances being 0.01%, like anything else can literally happen as well too. So like whatever you put your mind to as an athlete, like don't be afraid to go get it. And with extraordinary athletes, like I want to just be able to provide that with, whether it be motivational speakers, whether it be workshops, um, virtual virtual stuff, um, I want to be able to provide that in any way. Even like documentaries with other athletes, um, Instagram lives, whatever that may be, I want to be able to show like use my network and be like, hey, athletes, look, you can young athletes especially look, you can do whatever it is that you want to do, and it doesn't have to just be in your sport. But we do have to learn some of the things that aren't getting taught in school. You know, like we don't have classes on leadership a lot of the times. We don't have classes on goal setting. We don't have classes on self-discipline. We don't have classes on uh, setting a routine. Um, you know, so those are some of the things that I'm like, okay, let's try to break these things down and figure out how we can use them inside of our sport and outside. Yeah. Well, because I think that too, it's it's the it's a blessing of being an athlete, especially growing up, but it's even more so in college. I never really, you know, people are like, "Oh my gosh, you were a D one athlete," and I'm like, I didn't really think it was that big of a deal, partially because Lindsay and Aaron both were D one athletes, so it just was something that I thought we did. <laughs> um, I thought that just was what you did um, as going into college, but I think like we do benefit. There's a lot of hours that go into it, but we do benefit from some form of structure that we have with our schedule. Like you have your practice, you have your study hours, you have your classes and you kind of just rinse and repeat. Um, but also at the same time, you kind of can just do it blindly if you're not paying attention to it. And so when you get out right. of it, it's kind of like, okay, well now what, if I don't have anyone managing my schedule or doing things like that, um, I you, you right. feel lost a little bit, I, I would imagine. Um, yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I, and I feel like, I don't know for you, but for me, like, I'm sure there was multiple times when I had to like step back and be like, Oh, am I just going through the motions? You know, like I need to check myself and remind myself like first and, and foremost, like, Hey, you know, baseball isn't everything. And two, like that was another thing bringing back in the faith is like, Hey, there's more to this, you know, yeah. it's more, it's about other people. It's not just about me. So yeah, a lot of times I caught myself going through those motions of, okay, playing the game seven o'clock, sleeping until whatever, one o'clock, um, going to grab a, a bite to eat and, and then just going straight to the field, doing the same thing over and over, maybe going out one of those nights. So I, I found myself kind of in that, in that, that rut of just going through the motions. Totally. Definitely. Do you feel like this is like your post-college career? Do you feel like in whatever team or going overseas or do you feel like this is something that's also like facilitated or talked about at all um, in the minor major leagues? Like, do they focus on that or they kind of just let y'all go? <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think sometimes they just, especially with professionally, like they kind of just – they kind of just let you go. I think they're kind of just realizing some of those, some of the importance of like, 
you know, the organizational life skills type things that, that especially young athletes, guys that are getting drafted at like 17, 18 years old, I think they're just now kind of understanding the importance of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely when I first started, it was kind of like, hey, you're thrown into the professional realm of things, like go figure it out on your own. Mm. Yeah. So it was like, it was... And that's what I don't and I, I don't think that should be the right way to go about it, because, um, you know, how, there's so many players that maybe get to the professional elite level, but maybe they only play one or two years. Yeah. Like then what's next? Yeah. You know? Yeah. With that, too, kind of like bringing it back to, like you said, the faith aspect of it, there's something bigger here. Is that something that, you know, people were comfortable with i know that that, i mean i'm sure i know christianity is like very very highly populated in the u.s but like strong believers or people who are like actively practicing their faith maybe not as strong of a number um do you feel like you that was something that was welcomed as well like in the in the big leagues yeah that that's um man that's that's a good question because i think that that's I don't think it was necessarily like frowned upon, mm-hmm. but I, I wouldn't say it was like a big thing that was welcomed with the, within all teams. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I was with a team that had a strong Christian presence. Um, they had strong Christian leaders in the clubhouse, um, especially. So that made things a lot easier for me personally, and I'm sure it did for other players that you know faith was a big is a big part of their life. Um, I can't speak for every team, but I was on another team in the major leagues, the Miami Marlins. And it wasn't when you don't have those Christian leaders, you can tell it's, it's, there's a different vibe. It's not necessarily like, Hey, not that it's not welcomed, but, um, and maybe it was the city that I was playing in Miami. (laughs) There's, There's a different vibe, but, um, but no, I, 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 I can't say that it, um, it wasn't it wasn't welcomed, but I feel like it just it wasn't a priority. And I wish that, especially being a Christian athlete, I wish it was more of a priority because, um, you know, that not necessarily is it just important for me. I think it provides the team so much structure, mm-hmm. especially if there's opportunities for people to kind of, um, you know, whether that be a chapel or whether that be a Bible study or whether it be, you know, just team gatherings that kind of represent. Um, an opportunity to to worship or or you know go on that faith journey together, I think that that's important. Um, so, but even at, when I got over to Korea, um, that was like there was none of that with the team. Mm. Um, and Korea is a is a big Christian uh, country. Um, but I think Buddhism is first, and then Christianity. But um, there was none of that. There was no like, hey, let's t- let's do a team chapel or there's a um, let's let's do a Bible study. So there was none of that, and and I had to kind of go out on my own and find opportunities. Um, I want to say that there was a, a local one in the city that I lived in, um, and I was able to speak to uh, the camp. Is it called? I think it's called Campus Crusade. Um, okay. So they had a Campus Crusade where a lot of the Korean. Um, a lot of the Korean students would go and it was opportunity that I got to go and worship with them and even talk to them and talk about my experiences and, uh, and had, I had somebody translate it for me. So for me over there, it was a, like, I had to go and find ways to do that. And I think as a, as a Christian, like, that's what we have to do is like, we have to be able to find our own ways to, to try to express ourselves or try to, you know, keep our faith journey aligned with what God wants, because, you know, he's, he's not just searching after us, but we have to be searching after him, you know? And I think that that's, uh, that's huge, especially for me. Yeah. Well, and I think that kind of even goes back to extraordinary athletes in a sense of like, you know, I know that you have a strong belief and that maybe, you know, your guiding path for extraordinary athletes, but not necessarily what you're constantly promoting through that. But also too, I just think like the avenues that you you go through it. It's kind of like, you know, be the light, show the love, like be there to nurture and things like that. And then things will kind of follow suit. And I feel like sometimes too, a conversation that I had with my friend, I think this past weekend was like, we're not, we're not supposed to cover all the topics. Like, you know, we're we're supposed to talk about certain things and like there's certain jobs and duties that we all have callings for. 
and you know maybe I feel like I've have felt this because it's like I want for, for me it was like when I came to faith recently in the past like year and a half I wanted to like shout it from the rooftops and I'm like no like I it's like you found the, the secret to like life kind of thing like there's all these things all right. and it's like okay maybe I don't want to shove it down in anyone's throat because I like that was something that stirred me away from faith for so many years but it's like right. if I can just talk about certain things that like have changed in my life or how I feel differently or the joy or security or peace that I have in my life now and kind of people can f- figure it out that way and I think like even with extraordinary athletes like if people can have like this more fulfilled and full life outside of and like clear path outside of their sport you know there's different avenues than that maybe they could find God that maybe they didn't they wouldn't find in another way and there's like something I heard today by um Michael Todd, he's a pastor at Transformation Church, and um, he said, like, you never know when someone will stumble upon something and it'll be new for them and that it will do something for them. So it's like, even if, you know, these episodes that you're recording and things like that, that are on social media, it may be one that's like a month old, but someone stumbles on it and it it, it strikes a nerve with them. You Like, you never know. So that's what's like the benefit of doing this stuff. I I feel like sometimes I, even with this podcast, I'm like, why am I even doing this? But I enjoy it. But I'm like, you never know. Like it could, it's God's economy. If it hits one person, then like it was worth it. That's what I was going to say. Even like if, if, if you never knew until, until it happened that it hit one person, like even if it was like your blog or whatever, somebody came across your website and just started reading your blog like randomly or saw kind of the pictures and creativity that you use on Instagram and showed your art, like just one person, you know, that can change somebody's life and then they can change other people's life. So I I know that, you know, a lot of times we'll question, okay, am I doing the right things? Uh, Why am I even doing this? But You know, if it's something that we feel like we need to do it, obviously God has stamped it on our heart for a reason. Mm. We may not we may not know why until later on down the road or we may never know why. But I know if it's something that you're good at, like you you're great at conducting a podcast like that's something that you enjoy to do. Like there's a reason why you're doing it, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. like I don't know why I, I just recently tore my Achilles Four weeks ago oh my gosh yeah you know one of the worst the worst injuries like and I had to get surgery and I'm asking God like like why like I don't know why he he decided that that was for me but you know I I realized that everything he does is like for a reason yeah and we may not find out why but you know later on it's going to benefit us and somebody else I know I know that I know it's like we're not and this is something I've learned like just recently, like throughout these last few years is like, like we're not living for ourselves, you yeah. know, even, even as somebody that's grown up in the church and like gone through all these religious classes and, and gone through the Bible and, and, and still I've just recently grasped that like, this is n- nothing for me, mm-hmm. you know, because one day I'm gone. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. So it reminds me like why, like the foundation is so important for my kids, like what I feed into other people, because that's what like stays. I, it's not me or anything that I'm, that I've done or, you know, anything that is important about me. It's, 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 it's less about me and more about him. So I, I, I keep trying to remind myself that. And I think I'm just now grasping that even though I, I, I you know, I've been a Christ follower for a while, but I feel like you, you still get so brand new every time that you just continue to dive into the word and, and build that relationship with Jesus. Totally. And that's like something, um, we have a series going on right now at my church called cultural influencers. And one of the biggest things that's, it's like, you can't influence other people or like, we shouldn't, I should, shouldn't be like shooting, but like, we shouldn't be influencing other people unless we're influenced by God. Cause like, that's how you're going to have the purity of it. And actually, I feel like that's when he like speaks through you and does things and right. you'll actually see things progress and flourish when you're actually doing it like through him rather than it's so true. Like there's things that I've tried to do and when I'm totally doing it selfishly, like nothing comes of it. But when I'm just doing it from like the goodness or I just feel like a, like a push in, a, in some direction and going with it, that's when you can kind of see things flourish and then they just kind of happen naturally. Um, and that's obviously like God moving with it. And I think 
during this time, especially these past couple of months, like we're seeing a lot of movement, um, just, you know, of people having to slow down and take away things that they, they thought that were really important to them. Um, but that were, they're taken away because of COVID and quarantine and kind of just reevaluate, you know, what it may be like, again, going to like extraordinary athletes, I'm sure like, you know, you had camps and all these things that you want to get involved in. And now everything's a little bit more virtually, but like, what can that, you know, there's a reason for that. There's a reason to touch. Maybe it's your, you'll hit a wider broad span or, you know, maybe the ESPN opportunity. Like there's things that will come out of it. We just have to wait, which I feel like is my hardest thing. <laughs> it's yeah. the patience of waiting um, and just trusting that timing. But um, when we do, we'll actually see the reasoning for it. Maybe later on, it's just a matter of when that may be. Yeah. And when, when you posted that, that, that hit me so hard the other day because it reminded me like, like I can't really be a positive influence on anybody's life unless I'm letting him take over influencing my own life, Mm -hmm. you know? And it, it, it just reminds me like every morning I have to put on his armor before I go to battle for myself. I'm I'm battling for him, you know? So it's just, it's just a constant reminder that, um, you know, and we have so many so-called influencers today. It's so funny, Mm -hmm. but it's like, but like what really is the influencer and you know, how can we use God's influence in a way that he wants us to use it? Totally. Totally. Um, Oh, well, okay. I only have one more question, but is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about? Um, I don't know. I was going to ask you what, what has been like your toughest struggle? Um, you know, when you kind of told me like, being a new newer believer or whatnot, um, what, what's been your toughest struggle like to this point? I'd say the biggest thing is like letting go of my like preconceived plans. Like I'm a very type A person just in regards to everything. And I feel like I can plan out all of my next steps and everything that's going to happen. Um, and that is even going to like relationships and friend. like, I'm like, I'm going to be with this person or I'm going to have these friendships or, you know, job, so on and so forth. And just like letting go of that. Um, and again, I think like trusting the timing of it, like there's so many things that, um, like I really thought I wanted to get involved in youth ministry and there is, uh, an area of time that I was like asked to do it and I got super excited and then it turned out like it kind of fell through and Mm -hmm. I was so upset and I just was like, really upset that it wasn't going to happen. And then like three weeks later, I got way more involved in my church. Like they, I got asked to be in a leadership position and be more involved with like our impressions team and then lead a small group. And I've like, during COVID, I was really able to just, for some reason, really connect with the people in my church virtually. And so it's like those little things that help. Not that we need affirmation that he's there, but like, it just is like, okay, yeah, there's a reasoning for that. Like, let go of like, I didn't need to be in youth ministry or like get involved in youth groups. I can do it in a different, like I can, I have a calling in a different way. And so I think for me, like letting go of everything that I have written and like everything that's in my plan and that like trusting that there there is a bigger and better plan for me. Um, Mm. And I would say a lot of that has has had to do with like relationships too. Like thinking something so strong is for me and it's not. Um, but then to come to find out that like there, there is something better for me. And like when that has been able to come into my life, um, it's kind of like, oh yeah, no, like no shit. Like that's why that didn't work out. Like, (laughs) because this needed to, like you wouldn't have, if you, if you hold, if I'm holding on so firmly to something, um, I won't be able to grab the next thing or even see the next thing. Um, so I'd say that's been like my constant struggle of like, is this my plan? And if it's not like someone said something to me that was like, God is not a God of confusion. So if like at this moment, like, what is he telling you? And if it's not that, then like, let it go. Or if like, like she was trying to decide to leave her, her job, my friend that told me that. And so she was like, is is God telling me to leave my job today? No. Okay. We're going to like move on. Okay. Then I'll just keep riding this wave until I get that feeling. So I'd say that would be, that was a long winded way of saying like, I think just letting go of like my own, preconceived plans um and just trusting that like obviously we have to like work and do things like we can't just sit back and think that things are going to come to fruition but like 
letting go of everything that I have like penned into my plan. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's something that, you know, I deal with too. Um, you know, we, we deal with some of the same struggles, but something that I've kind of learned too is that, you know, whether, whether it's for me or not, or whether the decision, going back to your friend, like whether she's going to quit her job, whatever, like whatever the decision is, like I've come to the fact that like, no matter what decision I make, God's going to lead me in either direction. So I feel like that that's been something that's because I, I and this kind of came up when I was I was in the Cardinals organization. I had just been released. So I was a free agent and my agent said, hey, you should go play winter ball in Dominican. And I had went to the Dominican the year before. And so I spoke to a mentor of mine. I was like, hey, I don't want to go back to the Dominican. I did this last year. I already proved myself like I don't want to do this over again for winter ball. And he was like. And I was like, tell me what to do. And he was like, X, whether you go or whether you don't, God is going to take care of you either way. And mm -hmm. like, he obviously didn't make my decision any clearer, but it made, <laughs> but it, but it, but it made me remember that like, there's, there's no wrong with God. Yeah. You know, he's going to take care of me either way. So that's something that I've kind of tried to try to remember in, in situations like that. Like even the situation you were talking about, like you were trying to be, um, you know, get into youth ministry is like either you go there, that's a good thing. But if you don't, that's a good thing too. Like God has something too. And you know, the timing, you know, you talked about the timing and patience, like that's, that's the toughest thing is like, we want everything to be on our time. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just hard to be patient. That's, that's just, that's just tough. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Especially these days where it's like, we have instant gratification for everything. And I'm like, I want to right. be like, okay, did I make the right decision? And he's like, you'll figure it out. Like, he's like, it might be tomorrow, a week, a month, a year, but like at some point you'll know if you did or not. <laughs> but exactly. like, to your point, like, and again, like he's always there. It just is a matter of like, and too, I think it like there you'll, you'll eventually get to where he wants you to be. Sometimes it might even like take longer or it might be a different way. But like right. the path, like you will get there as long as you stay aligned with him. Um, so yeah, yeah it's a, he, it's he's a already path. he's already paved the path. He's already yeah. like he knows what we're gonna do. Like mm -hmm. so yeah, oh, it's it's that's what I've never understood when people said like it's um, I don't remember how someone said it to me, but when I was coming to faith, they're like it's not easy but it's better and I was like I don't know what that means and then like when I'm in it and then, but now that I'm here I'm like oh this makes a lot of sense because you're like right. it's better but I'm all constantly like you feel like you're just constantly wanting to be better and like serve him and like make him happy and I know we don't have to do anything but since you don't have to do anything you want to do things if that makes any sense Yes, exactly. It, it it definitely does. And another thing too is like I've realized, and this may help you along your journey as well. But like when we're not, um, you know, when we're not necessarily close to God or close to people that you know are like minded like us, we start to stray away, um, you know, even without recognizing it. So I just urge and, and encourage you to like continue to surround yourself with people that you know, our followers of Christ. And, and if there's a situation where you kind of feel yourself alone, like try to just reach out to somebody that, you know, you know, may, may be like-minded like you and, and is a, is a brother or sister of Christ. Because I think a lot of times when we start not necessarily questioning, but like doubting ourselves and stuff, like, like that's when we need like family. And that's when we need those types of people around us. Definitely. Yeah, we need. And that's when I think too, like you, if you have people close to you, you can really like see him work through other people to, right. to, um, to speak to you. You just have to, you, that's when you do have to like reach out and just surround, be careful who you're surrounding yourself with or what, again, going back to like, what are you letting influence you? And so, right. um, yeah, that's, that's great. Um, Okay, well, my last question is a silly, fun question. But since the podcast is called Slice Up Your Life, I ask you, what is your favorite piece of pizza? <laughs> oh, favorite piece of pizza? Yeah. Oh, that's good. I got So I got two of them. Okay. Um, so, pa so Papa John's, like, 
I know it's just like a normal chain, but <laughs> Papa John's when they do the um, the chicken barbecue chicken, um, I just take the onions off. But the barbecue chicken is one of my favorites, and then uh, I have like a new favorite. There's we have a place called um, Blackjack Pizza here in Tampa, and they do the pepperoni, bacon, and sausage. Um, and it's like the square type of oh, pizza. Yes. Is it like deep dish, like Detroit, like yeah. deep dish square? Yeah, it Ooh, is the, yeah. the deep dish square. So I'm like, I'm all over that when it's cheat day. That's, that's what I'm eating. Love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> no, I, I've been slacking. People are like, you've been living in Chicago for a year now. What's like your favorite places? And I'm like, uh, I've been to a lot, <laughs> but I still don't have one. I was like, okay, guys, I'll take it as a personal duty, but I have to space this out because I can't be eating pizza every single day. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I forgot about, yeah, Chicago pizza. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. I'll say that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. You need to be like taking more pictures of all your food and keep posting that on the blog and on, on the website because that's like the way that you did. I know this is like off topic, but the way that you do your website and blog is like something that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like I want now I want to do like my blogs with like incorporating like really good pictures of and telling a story the way you do because it just brings it to life. So kudos to you that's dope well that's it y'all for my conversation with xavier scruggs i hope y'all enjoyed it i really liked hearing the heart behind extraordinary athletes and i think it's just a good thing to think about all the time of of these life skills um, and who we are allowing to speak into us i think that goes as young athletes of what foundations you're setting from an early age and also to the current day. I mean, we talk about it on there, but my church, Oasis Church Chicago, is doing this really cool series called Cultural Influencers. And we are just talking a lot about who we're letting speak into us during this time that is a little crazy and unknown. And I think all of us are looking for some form of answer. Um, but yeah, so I'll link to those messages as well. So if you guys are interested, you can find them, but also I have all of Xavier's stuff links. You can see his really adorable family and can check out Extraordinary Athletes. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're staying safe and sane. I am in Chicago and I'm slowly but surely trying to chip away at my pizza list so I can report back of what my favorite pizza is in Chicago because I still have not found it. But anyways, that's it for this episode of Slice Up Your Life. Love y'all, miss y'all, stay safe and sane.